welcome back to Next Scene's Big Adventure, the podcast covering Pee-wee's Big Adventure in nine, roughly 10 minute long chunks. Uh, once again, I am your host. And today uh, we are here to talk about part eight of our nine part saga. This covers from about uh, one hour, nine minutes to one hour, 20. And uh, we've got an action packed uh, episode for us today. We see Pee-wee is reunited with the X1, his bicycle on the Warner Brothers studio lot. Um, we see uh, a chase ensues as he is pursued by by the studio guards and he runs through all sorts of different movie sets uh, that are currently shooting on, on the lot. We get a pet shop rescue uh, as um, Pee-wee rushes in to save pets from a fire. Finally, he is captured. And then in the end, he makes a deal to turn his story into a major motion picture. Uh, but before we get into any of that, I have to introduce you to our very special guest we have joining us today. Um, all the way from the Top Gun Minute, and dude, where's my minute? It's Brian, and with him is Chandler. Hello, welcome, gentlemen. Hello, Large Marge sent me. Oh, <laughs> Large Marge. <laughs> thank you, thank you very much for coming. Thank you for for joining us today. Yeah, so let's we've we've got a lot to lot to cover, but before we jump into the particulars of the action. Let's, uh, you know, let's get to know our guests a little bit and let's, uh, I'll start off with the question I'm asking all my guests is, you know, what's your history? When did you, you know, when did you first see uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure and did you know anything about, uh, you know, the Pee Wee Herman character before? And um, Chandler, I'll let you start. Well, um, I watched Pee Wee's Big Adventure yesterday and a little bit today, but um, my history, I've watched two of the Pee-wee Herman show. Uh, Pee-wee's Playhouse? Yeah, you watched yeah, Pee-wee's Playhouse. Playhouse. Okay. And, so you knew a yeah. little bit about Pee-wee coming in. What did you think about the about the movie, seeing it for the first time? Um, it was a great experience. <laughs> good, good. Yeah, I, I thought so. So you think it's... Um, now, this movie is very old. Just, you know, it was still, still entertaining. It holds up, uh, you think? Yes, 100%. Okay, great, great, excellent. Glad to hear it. And uh, Brian, what's your history? I assume you had seen it before yesterday, but maybe not. Um, yeah, maybe once or twice. No, I, I've seen it. I saw this in the I saw this in the movie theater. Oh wow! Um, okay. I was I was eight years old uh, when I seen it. I was not. I mean, I was aware of Pee Wee Herman from the HBO special, mm -hmm. and but I wasn't really too keen on him. I wasn't sure. But the I saw the trailer for the movie, and so I. My parents to go take me to see it. I'm, I'm kind of like you. Um, I'm you know a little bit older. I was I was when Pee Wee's Playhouse finally came out. I didn't watch it. I I may have seen a couple episodes, but I was getting to that point where I was like, yeah, this is a little bit too childish for me. Yeah. But yeah. But Pee Wee was still funny. I, the whole you know he's a very kind-hearted person. But he's very yeah. He's a man child. You know, right. but. Yeah. yeah, but it's uh, my 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 main thing is like, right? That was really a very um, time in my life where movies was really starting to grow on me, and movie quotes were like part become part of my lexicon, you know, and saying like, I know you are, but what am I? And uh, I don't make monkeys; I just train them. Yeah, you know? yeah. I actually almost got an altercation with a kid when I was that age because I said I don't make monkeys; I just train them. So. <laughs> Um, and yeah, I, I guess he he didn't. The other kid didn't get the reference. 
Yeah, no, he didn't. But you know, there was, uh, you know, there's, you know, uh, like Back to the Future. You know, Back to the Future is my favorite movie, and um, you know, all these different quotes that was coming up, like Bill and Ted come out, and all their all the quotes from that movie. It just it just became part of my. That was my language. That's what I spoke, mm-hmm. and I've I always loved this movie, and I I remember getting this movie and back to the future when they finally came out on vhs um i got them together i think i got them on my birthday i believe and like those two movies were like constantly on rotation yeah i could see that those are two big ones Mm -hmm. so so chandler what did you think about you know about peewee herman like were you confused at all because he you know he looks he's you know the actor is a grown-up it looks like a grown man but in many ways he acts like a little boy did that confuse you at all? Yeah, that caught me off guard. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Were you like times you weren't sure if he's supposed to, you know, was, was if he's supposed to be a little kid or a grown up? Yeah, that was most of the time in the movie. I was questioning myself. <laughs> yeah, a lot of us were. Um, and, and some of us still are. It's all right. Well, so let's let's jump into uh, a bit of the action. Like I said. So it's, uh, yeah, Pee-wee is on, you know, after having seen his, he's seen his bicycle um, on the TV being gifted to the the child actor, Kevin Morton. He has made his way out to Hollywood, USA. Um, he's on the Warner Brothers studio lot and he's making his way. And of course, like everyone is in costume. They just, you know, that's the way the movie biz is in, in Pee-wee world. Everyone just walks around in costume all the time. Pee-wee approaches, um, well, he, he makes his way into the studio. He uh, kind of infiltrates the entourage that's following Milton Berle into the studio <laughs> um, to sneak his way onto this uh, onto the lot. Um, and the guard here, <laughs> uh, quick little bit of trivia. Um, the, the, the guard at the studio entrance is played by Bob McClurg who was in the groundlings, the, the comedy troupe with Paul Rubens. But the interesting thing is this is the brother of Edie McClurg, who you might know from mm. uh, Ferris Bueller's day off. And she was the, the, the rental car clerk in planes, trains and automobiles that, uh, that Steve Martin um, curses out in that famous scene. So um, that's her brother here yeah. as the guy. Oh, that's cool. Uh, so Pee Wee oh. makes his way onto the lot and he um, stops two actors Stops a couple to ask him if they know where Kevin Morton is. And um, we get a, a little bit of comedy. So we have um, one actor who's in a costume, who's in like a set of armor from Krull. If any of the listeners remember that movie, Krull, um, kind of repurposed yeah. costume here. And that actor is played by John Paragon, who I've mentioned before um, was John B. the Genie in the original um uh, Pee Wee Herman show and also in uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse. Oh, wow, that's that 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 actor. Um, and then the second actor is Susan Barnes, who um, was one of the agents in Repo Man and also in a couple things um, like They Lived and was in Scrooged. And then the comedy nice. is that the uh, kind of the man in this tough looking uh, armor, you know, alien armor has a very high pitched voice. And then, uh, the actress in the showgirl costume has a very deep voice. Um, so they're kind of playing with expectations there. Yeah. Um, I was wondering, well, well, it's at the beginning of this, mm-hmm. he does the whole, you hear the music swell a little bit and, you know, and then Pee-wee comes in and he's all like, I'm here, you know, kind of, and he does that little laugh, you know, yeah. and, 
I thought it was awesome. And then, you know, when he's walking through, walking on the lot, you know, he's, he's, you know, reacting to all these characters, you know, doing his little, his little quirks and stuff. And, but like, nobody seems to mind because he looks just as weird as everybody else. And, but I was wondering, why do you think he picked the guy in the armor out of all these characters? That is a good question. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, yeah. I don't know. Chandler, do you have any thoughts on that? Why of all, yeah, of all the characters, why did Pee Wee pick that guy? Okay. So I think the reason why that Pee Wee picked the guys in the big armor was because he probably thought that they were like big men and they would know where everybody is on the sets. Yeah. Probably, yeah, pick the, you know, they, they look like the yeah. toughest characters. They look like they know yeah. where everybody yeah, they is. Might be the, they might be the superheroes. <laughs> so they should know. Yeah. It's yeah. good. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think maybe, maybe he picked of, of all like, you know, all the outlandish characters and costumes walking around. Maybe he picked what he thought was the most outlandish. Um, mm. But yeah, this, you know, this crazy mm. scene with all these characters. Um, and yeah, Pee Wee just blends right in. So he has to go to, what you said, stage six? Yeah. And they yeah. direct him to stage six. So if stage six is on the right, why does PB go left? Yeah. Like if, if, if you look at it, stage six is on the right when stage five is on the left. Yeah. When, when you look at the very beginning of the scene, you can see stage five on the left and, and stage six on the right. And the way he's facing they tell him in stage six and over that way and he goes off to the left but he actually should have went to the right he went the opposite direction that's a a little goof there yeah i hadn't picked that up Um, yeah he he noticed a continuity error right there and i think yeah i don't know well so do you have can we explain this away can we make this right do you have any idea why why he might be doing that um it's peewee that's probably why it's peewee anywhere it goes yeah. Yeah, that's, that's probably an explanation for a lot of the, a lot of the things we see <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah i wonder if he's you know he wants to sneak around and he you know to like go in through the back door so like maybe the front entrance uh, yeah. you know it was to um you know, it was one way but he's like well you know you know he knows he's not supposed to be there so he has to sneak in through the back door yeah. and maybe that's the other way yeah, like like how he had to sneak on into the studio onto the lot itself. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, then at what point there must be a cut that we don't see? So we see, um, so we see Pee Wee sneak onto what I guess is the set, and we can hear the director talking about. I guess you know is 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 the wardrobe ready? Is makeup ready? But then at some point he's on the scene in the nun's habit. So at some point he's got mm-hmm. to sneak into costume and sneak onto the set, but we don't, you know, we don't see that. We don't see when that happens. Um, yeah. Yeah. We just see him hiding in the clothes rack, like Tom and like a Tom and Jerry cartoon. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, well, I mean, I, I kind of have a theory on how he got there since all the nuns were distracted on the other nun that was really mad at the kid. He probably got in the nun outfit and, snuck in line without anybody noticing right while everyone was distracted he uh he saw his chance and took it okay all right i like that um a quick mention so the the kid here that the child actor kevin morton is played by jason hervey 
who I'm guessing a lot of people recognize played uh, was Wayne Arnold on 114 episodes of the Wonder Years. Um, that's yeah. probably the the thing he's most known for. He's done some other. He's you know done a mm. lot of acting, uh, some producing, some writing. Um, a couple things I want to call it that I thought were interesting is the year before this. So in 1984, he was in Meatballs Two with Paul Rubens, and he was mm. also in the Frankenweenie short, uh, the short film that Tim Burton directed in 1984. And um, uh, that short was a big reason was was a big part of why uh, he got selected. Tim Burton got selected to do uh, this particular job. So kind of uh, uh, an old friend of, uh, of of Tim Burton at that point. They had worked together before. And then, of course, yeah. uh, our uh, mother superior, uh, Marion, is played by the the wonderful, the talented Lynn Marie Stewart, um, who was Miss Wyvon in the original uh, Pee Wee Herman show. And uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse, so she, uh, old friend of, of Paul Rubens at that point, and later would go on to play Charlie's mom on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Um, so maybe the, the the place where uh, modern audiences know her, but she's always uh, Miss Yvonne to me. Um, hmm. Yeah, of course, I watched The Wonder Years when I was growing up, but he's also in Which of the Future. He plays Lorraine's uh, little brother in the 1950s part of the movie when he's marty's in the past and um <laughs> he wants to know what's a rerun okay that's uh, what yeah i i saw i saw back to the future kind of come up on his listing and i hadn't seen that i hadn't seen it in a while and i wasn't sure what party he played um all right yeah, yeah so he's the yeah. uh yeah lorraine's mm-hmm. kid brother okay yeah, yeah. and I, I really love the like juxtaposition of jason herbie as a child actor acting like an adult you know right next to Pee-wee, who's a man acting like a child. Acting like a child, yeah. Yeah, I love that. And I wonder if he's ready. (laughs) (laughs) I think he's ready. He's been ready. He's He's been ready since first call. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So Chandler, you you said you had had seen a couple episodes of Pee-wee's Playhouse. Did you recognize, other than, of course, Pee-wee Herman, did you recognize any of uh, anyone from Pee-wee's Playhouse um, that was in the movie? Not necessarily, because I really wasn't paying attention to people. <laughs> right. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, now, so I think they, well, one, they look a lot different. I think play the Playhouse was a few years after the film, so they're going to look a little bit different. And then I don't know if uh, Miss Yvonne was in every episode. I, I don't. Um, or how many episodes she was in. So you might have, you know, she might not have been in the, the episodes you saw. And certainly she would not have been dressed like a nun. So she'd look, yeah. Much yeah. different. Um, so yeah, and we get the um, so we have the, yeah, like it, the good point. You so we've got the juxtaposition of um, you know the child actor acting like an adult next to Pee Wee Herman, who was an adult acting like a child many much of the time. Um, we also get the juxtaposition of the way this actor acts when he's talking to the director and his uh, cast members versus the way he acts, you know, once the camera's rolling and he's supposed to be um, this nice sweet kid you know, who, who can't even accept this bike because he's just getting the, the best present ever with these wonderful parents. Um, and then Pee Wee takes that opportunity to jump in. And uh, and uh, he's he's so inspired that he's going to start a paper route right now. Right. Takes now. off on the bike. Right now. <laughs> right now. And then the director, Jerry, like looking, you know, with the, like the script supervisor looking at the script, like, is this part of the scene? And um, obviously it's not. 
yeah yeah i could see there be a moment a momentary confusion because scripts change so often and there be so many versions of a script so i've got a copy of what i think is final or close to final version of the screenplay for this film and um it's the 15th revision the the cover oh, page wow. lists all the dates of the, the the revisions yeah so the first um the first script is from november 1984 and this final version is march uh, it's actually march 20th 1985 p.m so there's two different versions there's a march 20 85 a.m version of the script and then a march 20 85 p.m revision but yeah so i i've i've recorded at least 15 revisions that the script went through so uh <laughs> yeah so there could be uh you know confusion if uh you know someone just has the wrong version if they don't have like the latest pages <laughs> yeah the so, wrong yeah. script yeah so yeah like you said that so the director checks and then uh finally says hey stop that nun <laughs> which that's one of my favorite lines i figure how often yeah. do you get to say stop that nun yeah, it's like a uh, nuns on the run. None, yeah, <laughs> nuns on the run. Yeah, that's funny. And this sets off a crazy chase of Pee Wee going through all the different, uh, you know, all the different movies that are filming on the set that day. And um, I, I don't know. So one of the things in the commentary, uh, Tim Burton remarks that they kind of had to film around what was going on. So they kind of went to, you know, as whatever different stages were available that day kind of governed the the schedule and, and what they would shoot you know kind of day to day you know where they had access to and he jokes about all the different you know that like all these different things would have been filming at the same time i think he's joking um you know I, i'm assuming that this is all you know these are all set up for this film that you know um in particular i don't think godzilla films were filmed in hollywood i'm thinking they're mostly right. uh you know primarily from japan um yeah although probably. he did yeah he, though he did uh tim burton does remark that they were able to license some of the actual sounds so i don't know if you recognize them if you mm -hmm. i did how much you know about godzilla but they were able to uh yeah get some of the actual godzilla sounds um in addition to you know that they were able to use for the film um Oh, something else I want to mention, which I didn't think was a big deal. I mentioned it because it comes up both. Both Tim Burton mentions it in his commentary track on the DVD and Danny Elfman also mentions it. So I'm figuring, okay, this must be pretty important. Um, so when Pee Wee first busts out of the studio and he, you know, he, he tears off the nun's habit and he's wearing his uh, trademark suit underneath, he starts mm -hmm. riding and suddenly he runs into two elephants. So there's a, a red elephant and a, a blue elephant. Oh, yeah. And there was supposed to be a third elephant. There was supposed to be a yellow elephant that uh, that got stuck in traffic. <laughs> the, yeah. Tim Burton says, yeah, the, the, the third elephant got stuck in traffic on the way to uh, the studio and didn't make it, which was, you know, on its own is an interesting, you know, just or a funny little tidbit. But then Danny Elfman mentions that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, I've read about it, too. I read about it in my, when I was researching for this. Yeah. 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 So apparently this, this missing elephant is a big deal. Um, mm. So I don't know, did you either Brian or Chandler watching the film, did you feel like anything was missing from that scene? Did you feel like it needed a third elephant to be complete? Not really, because like the two elephants, they, they kind of already blocked the road. 
Mm-hmm. I don't even oh, yeah. think you needed two. You probably could have just got one. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind yeah. of what I was thinking too. Where, where would they put the third one? Yeah. Yeah. They would have had to line them up like side by side where like just their heads were poking out or because, well, it's Pee Wee. They probably, their butts would have been facing the camera. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's possible, but yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I think having the, the different colored um, elephants was, you know, the two different ones were, was enough. It, it was, it was good for a, a good laugh. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Not, not, yeah. Not sure where they would have put that third elephant, but uh, yeah, they, they, they make it, they, they work with what they have. Um, and so we, we pull off on the chase scene and I want to just talk about the different scenes. And so just quickly summarize the, the different, um, uh, the different movies we see. So we start off, it's kind of, a, um, I don't know if it's like a boys town type movie or something, you know, it's about an orphan with nuns, uh, you know, the, the, the Kevin Morton film. And then through the chase, we go through like a beach party movie like you know uh you know like a um frankie avalon and net funicello type thing we go through i guess you know a, a like a fantasy christmas film with elves and santa at the north pole we go through the godzilla uh scene of course we go through a, a music video with twisted sister and then uh the last movie scene we go through is um we see tarzan um and we get Wee gets a chance to do his uh you know do a tarzan yell as he flies through and did you uh so did this did it did you recognize anything did you feel like any of these scenes were callbacks to other things in the movie um well i did i mean you want to go ahead chandler no you can go first yeah okay well i i wanted to say um the beach scene Mm -hmm. you know i thought it was kind of funny because i'm pretty sure this was afterwards but peewee herman uh appeared on an Frankie Avalon, Netflix, back to the beach. And he did his whole, right. the, the tequila dance. Yeah. He did his little peewee dance. Or, or, or is it, it was, um, or it was the, the bird, the bird's the word song. And I think he did it too. Possibly. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but that, that's what I kind of what it reminded me of. And then um, of course the Christmas one for nightmare before Christmas. Kind of mm-hmm. a thing. Uh, what do you think Chandler? Well, you kind of stole what I was going to say. I was going to say The Nightmare Before Christmas, and that's mm-hmm. basically it. I can't recall any other movie things other than the Tarzan one, which that's obvious. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There were some things that I picked up, and it doesn't quite – and I think that there's probably – Tim Burton and, and Paul Rubens doesn't say anything – they don't say anything about it in their commentary track, so I don't think there's anything – purposeful that they did but i saw you know a, a few callbacks to the things we saw in in peewee's bedroom so in particular when you know in that very first scene when peewee's waking up there's um there's like a a collection of he's got some godzilla figures yeah lots of dinosaurs so like the windowsill behind his bed and then we see mm-hmm. the godzilla here um and then i i kind of and this this may be a stretch but i thought that the beach scene could be a callback to um, his be- uh, bathroom, so Pee Wee's bathroom, which has a nautical theme. Oh, you know, there was the, the, right. the, the fish in the window, right. and there were like fishing nets and everything. So there was kind of a you know an ocean sea theme in the bathroom, okay. and so that could be like that. a callback there. Um, and we get very quickly in the film. There's very quickly that uh, Pee Wee rides through a western set, 
um, kind mm-hmm. of, you know, wild west with tumbleweeds. Um, and that call back, there's a lot of Western stuff in his bedroom. I think, um, I think we talked about his, his pajamas have like lassos and, and cowgirls. And then uh, he's got, a, you know, uh, teepees and other Western theme things, his, the wallpaper in his bedroom. So a lot of Western stuff. Um, and we talked about, let's go again, going back to the episode we did on the deleted scenes. There's a deleted scene um, from that Western set where, um, where Pee Wee uses the boomerang bow tie that he got at Mario's magic shop. He uses that bow tie but that's a deleted scene, so uh, um, yep. there's not much of that. But yeah, so I, f- I felt like a couple of the things we see kind of call back to uh, some stuff earlier in the film. But I couldn't, I couldn't complete it. Like the, the the Christmas stuff, like the Christmas scene, I didn't find anything. I didn't really see any Christmas stuff in in Pee Wee's house. And then like the music video, that's you know that just kind of comes <laughs> out of nowhere. Unless you're saying, well, yeah. that's kind of the only other music that we can really call back to is uh, the tequila scene, but. Right. That's a that's a different song. Yeah. But speaking of music, well the, the Twisted Sister was really big right in the mid eighties. So that I was you know, maybe they were just actually like like you said, they had to shoot around all the stuff that was actually going on. Maybe that was actually part of the, the what was actually being filmed was a video for Twisted Sister and they just included it in there just to I don't know, just to have it there. Just another thing. But the music like you can't deny Danny Elfman's score, you know, oh, yes. and I know you've yeah. talked about it in previous episodes, but this little chase scene music that he has, you know, it, it you can really hear the similarities in like from Beetlejuice and mm-hmm. Nightmare Before Christmas and, you know, the Batman movies, it's, it's all there, you know, and you can hear it. And I love how when, whenever they go into a different set, the sand, you know, the beach, um, Christmas, you know, where the music stops, you know, Danny Elfman's score stops and whatever music that's going on for that scene that's being filmed starts playing through. And I think that's really, that's really cool. Yeah. But we did notice like yeah. if you're, if you're paying attention, I've never been to a movie studio lot ever, but, and it's, I think that's what really made me like this scene so much when I was a kid, because I've always wanted to go to a, a movie studio and you know and seeing like you see the the 1960s batmobile at at one point and you see um there's a guy in a a michael jackson jacket mm-hmm. and yeah. you know in the background if you if you're just paying attention you you'll see a lot of different characters that will remind you of the 80s but then it's also yeah. i thought was funny that like all these scenes like the beach scene and the godzilla scene it's like stuff that would have been filmed in like it seemed like the, you know, like the fifties or sixties, not in the eighties, you know, and like with all the stunts that's going on in the Godzilla scene, you know, is very, very old fashioned way of doing stunts, you know, with Mm -hmm. the the guy pulling on the rope to, you know, make the the three headed monster fly across the stage. And it's, it's very old fashioned and not, you know, the the eighties had some pretty good, stunts that were practical yeah and it wasn't it wasn't that you know the the cgi and all the green screen stuff we have today but it was the 80s was a little bit more advanced than yeah a guy on a rope yeah. um yeah. but yeah and those type of film like yeah you know, i mean they're still making godzilla movies today but yeah that type of filmmaking um and then you know those type of beach movies 
Yeah. And you mentioned, you know, kind of like a thing of the fifties and sixties. And you mentioned uh, back to the beach, which uh, Paul Rubens was in playing Pee Wee Herman, but uh, you know, that's mm-hmm. from 87, but then that was, that's kind of like a parody callback of, you know, going back to the fifties. They, they weren't making it. Well, I guess it, it China, it's been a while since I see it. So it's like at that point, like Frankie and Annette are grown up and it's their kids who are, you know, kind of like the, the doing the beach stuff. Right. Right. Yes. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, it, so still, that, yeah. it still feels very 60s, even though it was the 80s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I wonder, Chandler, did you did you pick up on that? And, and what I mean is, so for folks that were alive in the 1980s, a lot of the stuff from this film is a throwback to 20 or 30 years before that time. Now, obviously, that time, you know, even the 80s now is is is, you know, we're even further away from the 80s now. But did you did it seem kind of weird? Did it seem like there were a mix of generations, like some things were from from different time periods or just everything old to you? I mean, it was 100 percent. Everything was different, like <laughs> yeah. the Santa thing mm-hmm. that was that was modern. And we're considering this to the Godzilla thing. That was no. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's weird because then at the end, so when 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 Pee-wee's been caught and they bring him back to the studio and he's there with like the, the head of the studio and they're kind of in you know, like everything's there and they show the, you know, they're showing the footage, um, you know, kind of the showing the film of Pee-wee driving through the set and destroying everything. And it's in black and white. It looks, you know, it, it's, it's showing the way a 1950s Godzilla movie would look, not the way a 1980s Godzilla movie would look. Um, yeah. Cause obviously we had color mm-hmm. movies in the eighties. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's, there's yeah, they kind of they they mix things up. They they keep us on our toes there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just talking about uh, just a quick note from from Danny Elfman's uh, commentary track for this section. He doesn't say anything specific about any of uh, you know any any of the music or any of the score for the for the chase, but he does talk about all the different hit points. He says there's like 50 or 60 different points he has to hit. Um, And he talks about how he did that, how he would write, as he's writing the music, he would reference things from the film um, and say, you know, the the downbeat of this measure has to, you know, coincides with, you know, the slamming of the door or, um, you know, hands go up in the air on the third beat of this bar. Um, You know, he talks about how he, you know, writes that into the score um, when he's writing the music so when they're performing and when they're editing it all syncs up to the film and he talks about yeah 50 to 60 different points um different notes that he had written for this chase which is about about a, a five minute section of of this part of the film so that's about 12 different points per minute um you know 10 yeah. to 12 points per minute that he's noting to make sure that the music matches up with um, you know, with the action on the screen. Yeah, you, you can, you can, if you're paying attention, you can see it. Like when um, he rides into the the studio nursery, the, the music kind of changes. It's kind of a do 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 do, and then when yeah. you see Pee Wee, but when the camera's following Pee Wee, but when the, you see the guards and the and the electric golf carts that sound like they're gas powered, when they're going, it makes a different sound. You know, do 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 do. You know, and when the the plants fall over and it, it, it's almost like a, a really big Rube, Rube Goldberg set. Yeah. You know, everything falls into place in a, in a certain spot. And 
and it works. Every single set was destroyed, by the way. There was not one set that was left unharmed. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Pee Wee leaves that path of destruction in his wake. Um, yeah. It's so speak. Ed, speaking of uh, destruction and also, uh, Brian, you, you kind of talked about how it's, it's kind of like a, a cartoon. So mm-hmm. Pee Wee pulls out the cartoon trick of he pulls out a, you know, a set, a screen that looks like a road and he pulls <laughs> it out and blocks the road. And then, you know, in true uh, like coyote and roadrunner fashion, or he pulls out a, a backdrop. That was the word I was trying to think of. He yeah. pulls out a backdrop and one of the guards goes right into it because it looks like a, you know, it looks like the road just keeps going straight. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that if, if you also, if you're paying attention, you can see a battleship as he, he's pulling, as he's pulling across the road, you can see a big uh, model battleship behind it and then if you look on the left side of the screen it looks like the ss minnow on gilligan's <laughs> island <laughs> i was just gonna say like yeah I, yeah if you if you had just said oh it looks like a little boat um i was gonna say that boat looks like yeah the ss minnow um yeah it's, and it, you know what maybe i don't know if that was a warner brothers production you know if warner mm-hmm. brothers did uh did Gilligan's Island or at this point. So like we were talking about, like, like back to the beach, there were, you know, nostalgia, you know, they made follow-up movies to Gilligan's Island. I don't know mm-hmm. if those, if, if those were made in the eighties and if those were made by, uh, um, by Warner brothers. Yeah. I don't know. It, it was pretty, pretty interesting. There's, like I said, there is so much stuff on this, on this lot that if, mm-hmm. if you're paying attention, you will see a whole bunch of things that, you know, people our age at least will bring back some nostalgia really, really a, a lot. Let's just say a lot. <laughs> well, I mean, if I'm going to add anything, whenever the guy, security, goes through the, the painting, you can see that there is a basically a rocket right next to where he landed. So if he was a few inches off, he would have blown up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he got a little lucky there. Could have been a lot worse for him. Definitely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about. Uh, so you mentioned Twisted Sister. I think someone mentioned Twisted Sister. So yes. yeah. So um, so Pee Wee runs into uh, runs through a music video uh, filming. You know, kind of in uh, in progress. We get to see one another feature of the X One. It's got a you know an oil slick. Um, mm-hmm. hits a button and, and uh, oil jumps out, and so the the guards lose control and they're going to fly into the car being driven in yeah. the video. And I thought this was interesting because one comment that Tim Burton had said earlier is that, so this was his first um, really, you know, his, his first feature film, his first big, big studio production. And he was kind of amazed that you put something in the script and then it shows up. Uh, and I think he was talking about uh, the Etzel, the the car that Mickey was driving when he picks up Pee Wee while, you know, while he's hitchhiking and, he, and it, it's in the script. The script says, uh, that he's, you know, that that car is a is an Etzel, um, and then you know, just when they go to film it, yeah, the studio gets them. They got an Etzel, you know, and actually, you know, that model, mm-hmm. the model car that he put in the script shows up mm-hmm. for a filming that day. Um, but I mentioned that to contrast what happens here. Uh, so actually, the band that's in the script is Van Halen. Oh. The original, so this was originally written, or at least the version of the script I have says that the uh, the band filming the music video is Van Halen, and they actually have lines for um for Eddie Van Halen and and, and David Lee Roth um <laughs> to uh to, to kind of like Eddie they have Eddie saying just all right 
um, as you know, as Pee Wee drives through. But I'm guessing. Um, uh, so Twisted Sister was pretty big at this point. This was like, yeah, like '84 into like summer of '85 was like the their kind of the high point of their popularity. So they were pretty big. They were not as big as Van Halen, though. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm imagining it would have, it, yeah, would have cost them a little bit more to get Van Halen in the film than uh, whatever it took to get Twisted Sister. Yeah, now to bring back back to Back to the Future, um, they were supposed to have uh, Van Halen play a song um, when uh, Marty's in the radiation suit and he's trying to come. He puts the headphones on his dad right. and plays the music. But they um, wouldn't license the music, so but they got Edward Van Halen to play a guitar riff, and that's what they used in that movie. And of course, that was filmed in '85, also. So yeah. there's very, very there's some similarities there. Yeah. If you pay attention close enough, you can see that basically all of them are young. But if you look in the driver's seat, there's an old man driving. <laughs> yeah, the driver. Oh yeah, I actually hadn't picked up on that. Yeah, um, and, and, and yeah, you can see whenever when when everyone kind of flees when they abandon the, the the car and the last one out yeah, is the the little old man the driver. Old man. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, good yeah. eye, good uh, point. Now, I like the fact that there's a, a boom mic operator yeah. following the car, and they're not actually singing; it's a playback. The music's being played back over, you know, like loudspeakers yeah. and. They won't. They don't need a boom mic. Yeah, I, I don't think they're. I don't think we're supposed to think that they're actually performing. Like the guitars aren't plugged right. in. They're just lip syncing right. along with the the soundtrack that's being played over speakers. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a interesting, or not interesting. I think it's interesting, or I'm interested to hear the the answer uh, from you, Chandler. So there's a few things in this film that are actual real things. So one thing is. Um, so this band, Twisted Sister, you know, they they were a real band. And then, yeah. you know, so so my question is kind of, did you like, did you think that, you know, did you know they were a real band or did you think this was something, you know, made up for the movie? And then the other thing I'm wondering about uh, kind of part two to that question is um, earlier going back to that, the the breakfast scene at Pee Wee's house, the Mr. T cereal. Do you do you know who Mr. T was? And did you know Mr. T was a you know, Mr. T cereal was a real thing, or did you think that was just for the movie? Um, I'm gonna start off with the second question. Okay. Mr. T cereal. I did not know that, that was a real thing. Okay. I thought yeah. that was completely made up. <laughs> and then for the band, I knew who they were because my dad over here is a rock and roll fan. So right. I know a lot of rock and roll bands. All right, he's yeah. he's raising you right. Good job, Brian. Good job. Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm parenting 101. Yes. There you go. Yeah. All right, so you know you know, you know the basics. You know your you know the important things. Your important history of the 80s, which includes the yeah, Twisted Sister. So yeah, it seems like it seems like something that would be made up for a movie. Someone you know a Mr. T serial where the bits are little T's, but it turns out that was Mr. T was a real person and he had a serial which was little. Um, you know, little bits shaped like T's. So that was a real thing. And in the 80s were a, a crazy time. There's random things that yeah. you would think that are not real, but are totally real. And I remember eating Mr. T cereal because I was a huge A-Team fan, you know. Oh, right. So. right, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What did you think? Can we get you remember enough to give a review? 
uh, like what you said in a previous episode, you know, they, it, it was kind of like a, um, like a Captain Crunch type like of Crunch. cereal. Yeah, I remember that. Um, but, you know, it, it was just a little tease. It didn't have any like fruity marshmallowy things, you know, to give it a little bit more flavor. Yeah, they could have given it a little more pizzazz, but not just, yeah. just a tease. Um, yeah, well, maybe they, they I would eat it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, they should have like some little gold coins or little money symbols or something to, to go along with his yeah, chains. Yeah, like because he, he was known for the the chains. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't know if I ever actually tried Mr. T cereal. And I went looking after after that episode. I went looking for it, and I couldn't find any for sale. And I imagine like even I found some. I I found some. Uh, online listings where people were selling original boxes from the 80s actual just just the box and those uh-huh. were going for several hundred dollars so i'm like bet. no i'm not going to pay that much just for the box <laughs> if it was if there was a box of cereal from the 80s and it wasn't too much money i might buy it and try it but i'm not spending hundred dollars just for the box and no cereal so um right yeah so no mr t cereal well, if uh if mr t cereal was still going and say you did find it, it'd probably be way past its expiry. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 But so coming out of the music video, we see uh, another feature of the X1. It's got uh, some jet propulsion. Um, so Pee-wee shifts gears. We see uh, some smoke spraying out of the, the taillights and we get liftoff. Pee-wee uh, launches over a house um, rolls down the roof, lands, and he's now outside, uh, you know, outside the fence of the studio to uh, the amazement of some neighborhood children who, uh, you know, who say radical and Pee Wee gives them a, a couple thumbs up um, and he has escaped. Definitely an 80s thing, the smile and the two thumbs up. Definitely an 80s thing. Um, I love that bike. I, you know, I mean, I want to know, was it made by Wayne Industries? <laughs> because it has everything the Batmobile has. It has smokescreen, oil slicks, the jet propulsion, you know, it's kind of a also like a, a night rider kind of throwback with the yeah. turbo boost. Yeah. So and I mean right. if see- I can add to that, it looked super weird. Not whenever he was flying, it was whenever he did the actual jump. It looked like the bike was straight up floating like somebody was in a green screen suit holding the bike up yeah when yeah when it's jumping across it was like a daytime et shot you know yeah going, right, right going across the sky yeah yeah as, as peewee shouts geronimo <laughs> yeah it's interesting I, I i don't know i didn't dig into kind of the technicalities of how they did that shot but when i slow it down I can see the sky is a little bit lighter around Peewee versus the blue sky that's behind him. So you can see where it's kind of like pasted in to uh, to that scene. Yeah, it is kind of a um, a weird look. And this was obviously that the well, one it was is uh, you know not a huge budget for a first time director and, and first time star and and so forth. And not something that was supposed to be an action film. So um, they didn't have a large budget for effects and and stunts and so forth. But uh, yeah, yeah, they kind of well, pasted this well, together. Well, I mean, uh, like Pee Wee did, you know, Paul Rubens, um, he did a lot of the stunts on the bike, you know, going through yeah. the through the lot. And I mean, like the, the whole Tarzan swing, you know, mm-hmm. he, he, but that was him. You could, you know, you 
you can see him dead to rights. That was him, you know, going across that little lagoon thing. I mean, of course, the landing probably was not him, but, you know, him holding onto that vine was, he looked like he was really holding on to it. Mm-hmm. And I, I was really kind of upset that, you know, like when the, when the policemen or the, the guards were chasing him and they fell into the, into the, the little lagoon, like, mm-hmm. you know, smoking the bandit style, you know, <laughs> yeah. but there was no Wilhelm scream. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. That would have been the place for it. Yeah. It yeah. would have been great. Well, I mean, if I can add to the whole Tarzan place, whenever yeah, yeah. we are going through the Tarzan place, you can see the monkey, but why does the monkey look like a clown whenever you go past, if you look at it? The monkey looks like a clown. Yeah. Are you, ta- oh, are you talking about when you see, see him Tarzan? For a split second. Yeah, you can see him for a split second, but he looks like he has like clown face paint on. Oh, I don't know where that's at. You're talking about when um what when he when he passes um Tarzan, Tarzan. and oh. sitting on sitting in the in the like lawn chairs. Yeah. Oh. Right. Yeah, I I it's weird because I think well part of that is I guess like the monkey or the gorilla, it's a man in a suit, and it mm. looks like they put black um like black makeup around his eyes. So like if the eyes show through the holes, like the eye holes in the mask. It just looks oh, yeah. black. You don't. It doesn't look like a person inside the mask. But right. it does. Maybe it's just a really pale guy. It does look like, though. Other than the black eyes, it looks like like almost clown makeup, like white. Yeah. That is. Like it looks like powder. Yeah, it looks like. Um, hmm. Maybe it's just yeah. a really pale guy. Well, I wonder. I wonder if it's to keep it dry. It probably gets very hot and sweaty inside the inside the mask. So maybe they powder them down to, to mm-hmm. keep it dry. I'm guessing. I don't know. Maybe that is weird. That is funny. That's funny. Um, yeah, I didn't notice that. It does look weird. And the guy sitting there. Um, so he's in a gorilla costume, except that the head is off, the mask is off, but he's sitting there eating a banana. Um, which is, you know, you don't need to stereotype gorillas like that. That's not necessary. No. You're you're better than that, Pee Wee. Come on. And I, another thing, I don't yeah. think I noticed the mask. It was like the mask beside him. Yeah, it's like sitting on the ground. Yeah. You just thought it was some strange guy like with clown makeup on his head. Yeah, like I thought I thought they didn't I thought they didn't have the mask like on the set already. Like they were Mm -hmm. they were getting ready to shoot it. So like Mm -hmm. they were gonna bring it to him. Uh, Um oh going back to um the point you were you were talking about, uh, you know, Paul Rubens kind of doing all the stunts, all the things we see here with Pee-wee. It's it's Paul. They didn't say anything about this scene or the stunts, but he does mention the earlier scenes, you know, in, in the commentary track, he talks about the um, the early scenes with like the um, the like Tour de France, the, the bike race dream. And when he's biking through uh, the park in the beginning, but that's, you know, that that's him. And in those scenes, the um, so he's, for for the close up, he's not actually riding like he's on the bike, but he's not riding it. The bike is being pulled. Right. By a car. But he talks about how he actually had to. Pe- so the pedals on the bike are moving as because the bike is is moving as it's being mm-hmm. you know pulled by a car. And he, you know, he had to either keep his feet clear or he had to be pedaling along with it, um, even though, you know, even though he wasn't actually driving the bike, um, you know, he had to keep up because the pedals were moving. And, you know, in those scenes, as the car gets pulled, you know, yeah. as the bike was being pulled by a car. 
Yeah. Yeah. Those scenes were, those scenes were shot really well because, you know, it really did kind of look like he was actually riding the bike. You yeah. know, um, like you said, he was pedaling the whole time. And the only thing you could tell that he wasn't actually riding it was because he stayed perfectly balanced the whole time. Like when the, the guard comes up at the beginning and he's trying to, you know, he's trying to grab the handlebar and he's Pee-wee's slapping him. That bike stays perfectly still, you know, even, and you can see the guard guy riding and he's all, all over the place. Yeah. They're um, shot really well. Yeah. I think so. I think they do a good job. They're, um, they're shot really well for a low budget. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so then we get to um, as as Pee Wee, you know, he's escaped the studio. He's making his getaway, and we get to uh, a pet shop. Um, we see smoke and flames, mm-hmm. and the Good Samaritan, the hero that Pee Wee is, um, he's got to run in, and he's going to save <laughs> all these animals. Um, all the animals. Yeah. What did What did oh, you think baby. of this scene? Was this Was this exciting? Was this enough tension and suspense for you? Mm. <laughs> maybe not i mean we 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 know peewee's gonna be okay like he's not gonna be in any real danger right yeah yeah it's just funny because you know he he looks around and there's nobody there so he's like well i gotta do this you know he's he's an animal lover and so you know he, he runs right in the shop but the first thing he comes across is a bunch of aquarium full of snakes yeah I'd I'd feel the same way as Pee Wee. Like, nah, nope. Let's move yeah. on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this is, uh, you know, there's a little bit, you know, no truth in art here. So Paul Rubens is actually really afraid of snakes. Um, yes. So that's a true thing. Uh, and he mentions on the comment com- commentary track that getting ready for this, they were, you know, he kept asking uh, Tim Burton, like, is this, you know, this is going to be. Uh, you know, fake snakes, right? This they're going to be fake. We're going to stage this. Like, I'm not going to have to work with real snakes. And he kept asking about that, and 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 Tim Burton kind of kept putting it off. And then the day of, he's got to tell Paul Rubens that, like, uh, you know what? We we've got to use. We couldn't get the you know the fake snakes just don't look right. We've got to use the real thing. So um, so you know, some of this is acting, and some of this is uh, is Paul really being afraid of uh, fear, really being afraid of these snakes. But um, yeah, yeah. But you know, being the animal lover that he is, um, when there's no other, you know, after he's rescued all the other animals, then finally he does pull out the snakes. Uh, it's funny. Me. Oh, go ahead. A question oh, yeah. about he gets the monkey first, and yes. the monkey, uh, like he thinks, or well, movie thinks that this is how people actually evolve. So the monkey understands what he's saying. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like evolution type thing. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. 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 He gets him to be a solo helper and yeah. to help save all the animals. And I, I love how Pee Wee's all like everybody go in a orderly fashion, no, <laughs> orderly no fashion. pushing or shoving. And <laughs> you know, he, he speaks to him like they understand him and it's like they do. And yeah. they they act like they understand him. Yeah. 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 And then they keep going, you know, he keeps running in and out, you know, grabbing more animals and more animals. Like he, but he keeps seeing those snakes, and he's like, "Nope, uh-uh. no, I'll get the other ones." He even saves the rats and the, you know, yeah. the mice, and it's like, "I'll save them, but not you guys." And I then finally, the rats. Yeah, <laughs> I have a rat phobia. They're okay. they're gonna die in that fire. Right. Yeah, I was I was gonna ask. So, what would be? Yeah, if this was you, what would be the last animal left 
And so for Chandler, for you, it would be the, it would be the, the rats. rats. Yeah. Okay. I hate rats. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe you could, yeah. you could deputize the, the chimp, deputize the chimp and, and leave the, you know, the chimp can res rescue the rats while you take care of the, you know, the poodles and the kittens and, and the other stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think I could do that because maybe the ape or chip, whatever you want yeah. to call them, will eat rats. Oh, I hadn't yeah. thought of that. Yeah. I hope yeah. not. Sean, how do you how long do you think it would take to get all those goldfish with that little bitty net? <laughs> <laughs> too long, way too long. Yeah. I'm not sure uh how he manages that before the whole building burns down. That would take uh that would take hours, I would think. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I love how when he comes out with the, the doves and all the birds, and he comes out and he's all like jumping around, flailing, like yeah. I, I really believe that's the way I would do it too. And come out and just start trying to, <laughs> you know, flail around trying to shoo the birds off as quick as I could. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. and actually I want to correct something. I think uh like correct myself on something I may have said earlier in the uh earlier in the, the show on a previous episode um i talked about uh, i may have referenced uh spec peewee's dog being played by the the famous the great uh canine actress darla but that's that's not the case it's what we see here darla is sort of like the pink poodle that um that the chip pull, that the chip brings out that is uh yeah the pink poodle um, that the chimp is leading out on a leash. Um, that's Darla. And uh, quickly go over um, Darla's uh, resume here, the, the listing in IMDb. So this is her screen debut as the pink poodle in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. She would go on to play Queenie in The Burbs uh, from 1989. She did an episode of Coach in 1990 um, and then plays Precious in Silence of the Lambs in 1991, um, also does an episode of Erie, Indiana, also from 91. And then uh, her final credit wraps up her career as a poodle in Batman Returns in 1992. So she um, uh, directed by Tim Burton. So uh, returned to work with, well, actually work with Paul Rubens and um, uh, and Tim Burton again. So yeah, Batman Returns directed by Tim Burton um, and Paul Rubens appears as uh, the Penguin's father in that film. So mm -hmm. a little bit of a reunion. So yeah, I may have referenced, um, I may have earlier referenced Darla as playing Spec, but uh, I corrected myself here and say no, it's Darla here playing the Pink Poodle. Um, nice, but uh, yeah, but this is you know this is just a fun uh, again building on what a great guy uh, you know Pee Wee is for all his uh, you know all his foibles and all his imperfections. He is you know he's good at heart and um, you know is doing the right thing fighting you know fear of fire which i think uh you know most people are afraid of and definitely that fear of snakes um yeah. to uh to get the rescue done yeah yep. um so brian i noticed you didn't answer the question i'm going to put you on the spot so if this was you do you have what 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 you know do you have a, an animal you dislike a phobia who would be you know what, what's your snake what would be the last animal that you would save from uh well, it, from the it would store? be it would be the snake i i i, I do snakes. not like snakes okay. at all yeah, nope. You nope. and you snakes and Henry and Jones snakes. Jr. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I would have been I've been doing the same thing. So, <laughs> yeah. Um okay. I, I think I would at, before I would save the snakes by carrying them, I would be trying to find a fire extinguisher or something to yeah. try to put up the fire. 
you but know? you wouldn't be grabbing snakes like this and, and no them out. no yeah. no i mean if 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 the aquarium wasn't too heavy i'd just grab the whole aquarium right at yeah. once you know but <laughs> but just you yeah. wouldn't just grab a handful of snake no no i would no, not gonna happen yeah yeah i <laughs> yeah i don't mind the snakes for me for me it would be spiders if there's any tarantulas oh, yeah, or anything of that sort i would be like you know i if i can pick up the cage or pick up the tank i would do that if not sorry i <laughs> yeah Maybe I would just release them and, and hope they find their way out. But yeah, I'm not running out with a handful of tarantula. Um, <laughs> definitely not. That that'd be that's the line. That's where I draw the line. Um, I draw the line at rats. Yeah, rats. Okay. Right. Uh, you can you can put me in a room filled with snakes and spiders. I'll be fine. Not with the room with the rats. Yeah. All right. So um, you know, Pee Wee. So, but he you know he fights his fears and he does rescue. Uh, the stakes before falling to the ground and we get you know a fireman run in and say uh, you know where the, the police show up and say you're under arrest and then the fireman shows up and says uh, you know this boy is a hero and then we cut to peewee in this you know in the office of a studio executive where he is reunited with the, the, the his great bike the x1 and his dear friend Dottie and they want to make a movie out of his you know, out of his adventure, out of his story. And uh, that wraps up this section of the film. Yeah. Um, and I, I just want to mention yeah. that, you know, it, he's acting like it's a, like a principal's office. He's like, <laughs> I, I can explain everything. You know, and he's like, no, it's okay. You know? And then I want to think about it. it. It almost feels like it should be the same day. Like they just stay, tuck him over to the producer or studio's exact office and to figure out what happened but obviously it's been a little bit because Dottie shows up you know so they had to have time to get Dottie there and of course she had to go and find her a nice dress to wear to to kind of yeah. you know maybe to help impress Kiwi to get him to actually look at her like she wants him to <laughs> yeah get, but he get still him doesn't. to take he, her to the drive-in yeah she um yeah but he's he's he just wants his bike yeah, it's that's he, his one love. Yep, he only has eyes for his for his bicycle. How about do you have any any bicycle stories, Chandler? Do you have a do you have a favorite bicycle? Yes. Can okay. you kind of relate so, to to Pee Wee? Do you have a, a bicycle? Would you kind of go on? You know, if your bike went missing, <laughs> would you go on an on, on an adventure to get it back? Well, it's not my bike; it's my brother's. Oh, okay. He has spent thousands of dollars on this bike. And I love this bike to death. So I will literally die for this bike. Wow. That must be some bike. So is it I imagine it's it's similar to the X1 where it's got uh you know, it's got a smoke screen and a loud horn and, and everything else that, that Pee Wee has. No. No. Okay. Oh. But it's a no, great bike. Okay. Yeah. His brother likes to do um stunts he does bicycle stunts on you know ramps and um you know half pipes and stuff and the close-up tricks so oh, cool. he's he's he spent nice. quite a bit of money on on his bike getting all ready i had a bike stolen for me when i was uh in high school i had a 10 speed it was red you know it didn't look like Huey's or you know his x1 but i had one stolen uh it was uh chained to a little bike rack at our local swimming pool and 
I was at the pool for maybe an hour and I come out and it was gone and I never saw it again. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, that's a it shame. was a shame. Because I, I, I got yeah. it for my birthday. Oh, my birthday yeah. bike. Yeah. Even worse. Yeah. Breaking my heart. Mm-hmm. I remember this story. Yeah. This was a sad story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let's like, let's yeah. see if we can end things on on an up note. Um, so yeah. let's talk about so so this is our our holiday special, and it's uh, you know not strictly this is not kind of a traditional holiday movie, but I think uh, I think it qualifies. It, it could be a non traditional movie. I think it's you know something. It's it's certainly something that's it's got a lot of detail and it's a lot of fun. So you can watch it you know every year, and I think it's uh, you know fun for the whole family. Um, so I'm asking all my guests, do you have uh, you know kind of anything you would think of like sort of non traditional holiday traditions? Well, we used to, I've mentioned it before, I love Back to the Future, and I like to watch Back to, like, one of the Back to the Future movies on Christmas. I also like to watch other, like, 80s movies, like, think movies from my childhood that I haven't watched in a while. I like to watch them on Christmas because, yeah, there's nothing really else to do. Nothing's open, you know, so I would do that, or probably, like, a lot of people stole from a Christmas story, you know, they, they like to eat Chinese food, and yeah, we would do that go. a lot. That's a that's a good tradition. Um, yeah, and and here lately, yeah. we're really big. We're more into like Halloween stuff. And I used to work at this at a haunted house. Well, here in Indiana, a lot of the haunted houses around here are open around Christmas time, and they have like a Christmas theme. So going okay. to a haunted house with the Christmas theme is kind of been a, a new thing for us for the last couple of years. So. Oh, that's cool. That sounds fun. That sounds fun. Yeah. Chandler, do you have uh do you have a favorite holiday tradition? Something you like to do uh, you know, every December or around Christmas? Okay, so we we haven't done this in a little bit, but I still do it. We all watch Nightmare before Christmas. Oh, excellent. That's oh yeah, cool. yeah. Yeah. That's super traditional thing that I do because I'm like my mom. My mom loves Nightmare before Christmas. Mm-hmm. that's a good yes, one yes yeah. i don't I, I i don't blame her all right good good very good mm-hmm. all right i have uh actually so one one last point one last note that i want to cover just jumping back into the film uh talking about so terry hawthorne is the the kind of studio uh, 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 executive that's offering a deal to uh to peewee here uh played by tony bill uh, who's done a lot of stuff um, as an actor, was in Ice Station Zebra, uh, was also in Barbed Wire, um, the Pamela Anderson film. But the interesting thing, he's also done, uh, outside of acting, done a lot, uh, you know, some directing and some producing, was a producer on The Sting in 1973, uh, for which he won an Oscar uh, for Best Picture there, um, and also was the director of My Bodyguard in 1980, uh, which was something I did not know before uh you know before doing research for uh for the podcast so there you go yeah tony bill director producer actor wants to put peewee on the big screen um yeah. so be- before we were yeah Sorry, it's, it's kind of funny that he, he's playing a producer type person in this movie and then in real life he really became a producer yeah so an actual producer like person a little bit of, of typecasting there yeah so yeah so before we wrap up any uh any any last notes? Anything else you want to say about um, you know about Pee Wee, about Big Adventure, about uh, about bicycles? Anything else to anything else you want to share? 
in the end part, whenever they shake hands, you can tell this. The producer, his hands are so much bigger than Pee-wee's, if you look at it. Right, right. Um, um, I, I just, not, nothing really about our scene, but I, I love this movie in general. I hadn't seen it in a long time, and it was, it was really nice to be able to watch it again for your podcast and you know it still makes me laugh and it it still brings you you know make you have that brings you back to when i was that age and and watched it for the first time it was really cool um i still laugh at all the the little jokes and yeah and i, I really want to go to the see the the big dinosaurs at some point in my life you know at the truck stop yeah 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 the, the next time i'm out in california i'll have to make sure i swing on by really yeah cool. You didn't ask me the other question. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, be- before we head out, do you have any? So, yeah, we, we've certainly talked a lot about Pee Wee. Uh, other than, you know, other characters, do you have any non-Pee Wee, uh, you know, roles or non-Pee Wee performances from Paul Rubin that you, you particularly like? Well, for me, Buffy, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. Yeah, uh, yeah. Chrissy Swanson. Yeah, I really like that role. And then one that is probably... Um, not really noticed very much. It probably, I might be the only one to say this character would be his character in the movie Blow with Johnny Depp. Yeah. He, he plays um, like a financer guy that's right. financing the uh, the marijuana sales or yeah. marijuana thing that's going on uh, with Johnny Depp's character at the beginning. And he's he plays a very like flamboyant, almost like surfer hype but he's really really rich you know and i really i like that character it was a very small role but i really like i really like it yeah that's i, like I think performance. that's kind of that's sort of an underrated movie that i don't hear a lot about from yeah blow from uh from 2001 with johnny depp and penelope cruz and uh, yeah i think that's the first time this come up yeah um in, in the podcast yeah paul rubin's little bit little part in that where he's yeah he's mm-hmm. he's really good he's good in everything he does but uh yeah, yeah good call but, good call yeah um, I, I love it i love when i'm watching a show i like i've never really was like said a big Wee herman fan i like mm-hmm. this movie um not so much big top but um but you know just seeing him show up in little small roles here and there you know you're watching you're like oh hey it's him it's yeah. peewee or it's it's Paul Rubens, you know, it's and Paul Rubens, yeah. and then they're like, "Who's Paul Rubens?" Pee Herman, duh. Right. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people don't really. It, it's weird that people don't know that his, you know, he's really as Paul Rubens, and Pee Wee is just a character, you know. And you got to explain right. that yeah. to some people because yeah. he like so he embodies the character so much, and then would go on like talk shows and stuff as the character, yeah. um, like yeah. it was a real person. Yeah. yeah, or like the MTV Movie Awards, he would show up in peewee uh character yeah right yeah so, how about you chandler yeah. do you um have do you recognize the, the actor paul rubens have you seen him do anything other than other than this peewee character not really because yeah. really i haven't watched the movies that my dad does mm-hmm. right i kind of typically watch more modern stuff but watching old movies still is fun yeah yeah well uh maybe someday you'll see uh mystery men which is a good uh a good superhero movie oh yeah featuring yeah, uh, featuring paul rubens with as the spleen so uh yeah yeah uh, maybe a 
a hot take, but I'm not a real big fan of that movie. Okay, fair enough. Fair but, enough. But um, hey, um, to each their own. You know, to but. each their own. I am a big fan, but I know it's it's a it's a peculiar taste. So uh, yeah, it's fair enough. It's maybe not for everyone. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So so wrapping up, I think uh, I've taken enough of your time. So uh, thank you very much, uh, Brian and Chandler. Thank you so much for joining me and. Um, you know, sharing, uh, you know, sharing your views and opinions on uh, on this great film. So before we head out, why not, uh, you know, if our listeners want to hear more of your, you know, your insightful commentary and opinions, where can they find you? What else you got going? What are your plugs? Well, one, thank you for having us. It's been awesome. But yeah, if anybody wants to find me, um, you can find Chandler too. He was on, on Top Gun Minute. We discussed the 96, 1986 movie, Up Gun, the original with Tom Cruise. And uh, of course, Chandler was a guest at, on one of the episodes. Yes. And you can find that on all your podcatchers. And then I am currently with my wife. We are uh, recording. We have recorded a few episodes already of Dude, Where's My Minute? Going over the 2000 stoner comedy with... Ashton Kutcher and Sean William Scott, uh, Dude, Where's My Car? And that should be coming out um, shortly. Yeah, just leave it at that shortly. Yeah, so looking forward to that. That's a That'd be a great double feature talking about talking about budgets and special effects and, and so forth, kind of Pee-wee's Big Adventure from 1985 and then Top Gun from 1986 to uh, kind of compare and tra- compare and contrast um, those films and those two leads, uh, you know, Paul Rubens and... Uh, Mm-hmm. Tom Cruise. Yeah. So, yes. Um, and then, and then, yeah. So that, yeah, that was a, that was a fun podcast. Yeah. Top Gun Minute. Uh, that's a great one. I encourage people to search it out if, uh, if you haven't heard it yet. And then uh, I think we're all looking forward to uh, dudes where, where's my minute. Uh, definitely looking forward to that. Um, and we are, uh, of course you can find us. We're at nextscenepod.com um, for all our, all our episodes and previous holiday specials. Our Facebook group is the Jelly of the Month Club, and we are at Next Scene Pod on the social media. So you can check us out there. Share with us, you know, your your animal phobias. What would be the last animal that you would save from the pet shop? And so when and when you're done with that, make sure you come back for uh, our next episode where we will cover the next scene.